Hey there, just a quick reminder that the things we discuss on this show is not medical advice or opinion. We know that this topic is a sensitive one, and as always, you should talk with your doctor about anything pertaining to your health and well-being. Thank you. Hello and welcome to the ClusterCast, a filterless podcast on family travel. I am your co-host, Scott Lyons. And I'm Anna Lyons. This episode is very special for several reasons. One, it's our 20th episode. And two, we have our first ever guests on the show today. I feel like the characters on Beauty and the Beast. Like, there is a girl in the castle. <laughs> like, we've never had guests here before. So <laughs> exactly. this is exciting. But it's definitely a big day for us. And an even bigger day for the podcast because we are talking about a pretty hot topic issue today. And that is traveling during the pandemic. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I bucked at the idea of doing any kind of super buzzy type thing because I want this podcast to be timeless. And believe it or not, the hype and freakouts around the Rona will be a thing of the past. Yeah, that's true. And so, you but, know. Yeah, but since we are a real life travel brand, we, you know, we did see the need to talk about something that is very, very real for present day. Yeah. However much of a shelf life this episode might have. Yeah, hopefully not much of a shelf life. Or lack of so, one, yeah. Anyway, uh, when we were planning this episode, we really did feel the weight of the world, seeing as how ironically, very ironically, the lockdowns and economic shutdowns forced us to travel, really when no one else was. Right, we felt ill-prepared to share our experiences because our experiences were really not uh, enough to give anyone an accurate picture of traveling during the Rona. Right, exactly. So enter... Our lifelong friends who have done a fair amount of traveling since the world closed down back in March. Yep. And between the four of us, we collectively have enough street cred to speak with experience on this matter. And in this episode, we'll be covering our collective experience with flying, road trips, hotels, testing, and future travel. So please give a warm clusterfest welcome to our dear friends who, if you've been following our blog or podcast for really any length of time, you have likely heard plenty of misadventures that involved them. Right, so episode 14, our blog post entitled Uninfluenced Victoria, or Rut Row, You Lost Your Bags. Even, even so, we hunkered down and hit play just the same, Friday Harbor, and Day in, in Morocco. And I need to have more tidy titles to my blog post. Sure. I can see that right now. I see that now, yes. <laughs> but those are, just, those are just the stories we got around to telling. There are plenty more adventures with these guys. And it's a wonder we haven't had them on the show until now. So please welcome our doctor and math teacher friends who are parents to two boys. They are travel hackers extraordinaire, Imogene Pass racers, and honestly, with a resume like that, we aren't completely sure why they are our friends. Right. Now you can put a voice to the names. So please welcome Eric and Emily to the show. Hello, everyone. Thanks for having us. Uh, this is Eric. And I'm Emily. Hello, Clusterfest listeners. Yay. So here we all, all right. are. And so I thought we would start things off nice and easy by just kind of talking about just kind of our risk assessment and how we decided to travel. It's obviously a very hot button topic. And as restrictions start to ease, people are starting to think about life after lockdowns. So um, I thought we could go around and talk about how we came to the decision to travel. So for me personally, um, it really came down to, obviously, we've seen everyone kind of collectively assess their own risk. And so for me, I never really had much of an issue with the risks involved with travel. It was something that I had confronted very early on, traveling to Asia shortly after SARS, and then traveling and flying while pregnant during H1N1. So I felt very comfortable with the numbers that I was seeing with my own personal risk assessment and my own lifestyle. So, Emily? Thanks, Anna. I agree with what you said. I think it's really important for every person, and especially people who are listening, um, please understand we're not trying to convince you to do something you don't want to do. The personal risk assessment piece is really important. And that's true for everything. That's true for travel before the current pandemic. It's going to be true for travel after the current pandemic. Um, and I'm a numbers person. I love articles. I love research. I've been looking up a lot about travel since the coronavirus pandemic started. And for us, we, we arrived at that the risks did not outweigh the benefits of travel um, we have flown, we've done road trips, we've done a lot of travel ever since March and we've done it as safely as we possibly can. We're going to put links in the show notes to some of the current articles about the safety of different types of travel, but it's really important that you listeners out there do your own research and come to a conclusion that feels good to you. 
Our goal is not to convince you to do what we're doing, but to share why we're doing what we're doing. And, um, and for our family, wasn't a question of if we were going to travel, but when and how. Yeah, we have, we have family and friends literally all over the U.S. that we you know, need to see. Like this, the pandemic kind of people are, you know, we're saying, you know, shut everything down, don't travel. And, you know, we understand that for, for parts of it. But at the same point, like you need connections in your life to be happy and healthy. And so from that risk assessment point, you know, we decided that, okay, we're going to go see our family. We're going to go see our friends. What's the safest possible way to do that? And, you know, our family, we are not strangers to road trips. We've taken, you know, weeks long road trips across the entire U.S., even up through Canada, down, you know, coast to coast a couple of years ago. Um, and it's super fun. You know, we, we travel, we fly all the time. And so when we are considering, you know, what we're going to be doing for during the pandemic here of how are we going to travel? We thought, you know, okay, well, the first thing you look at is just the, the road trip, you know, Mm -hmm. driving in a car is the most dangerous form of transportation. Car accidents happen all over the place. So there's that huge risk factor right there. You also talk about, you know, thinking of going to, you know, all of the gas stations you stop at and how dirty and disgusting gas stations are. <laughs> They're so gross. So, so that's the best part of the road trips? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And so like the, this, just the gas, the pump handle, or if you need to use the bathroom, we've all been in the gas station bathrooms. It's not the cleanliest location. And then you kind yeah. of contrast that with the airline industry and how they want your business. And so they have those, you know, germ killing fogging machines. They have people going up and down, you know, wiping everything. They have every other seat was, was vacant. The middle seats weren't even there. It was the easiest traveling that we've ever experienced in the airport. And so after kind of weighing those risks, we decided, okay, flying was going to be the safer out of those two options for us. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Scott. So a question for you guys, this might be nice to share. Um, what, uh, what was your itinerary for the travel you did? Like, where did you go? Uh, maybe some people might relate. Oh man, we had, <sighs> we had a, a good travel year. It was really fun. Um, we were in Florida for a good portion of our summer. We were in Washington state visiting the host of cluster fest travel sad for a good portion of our summer sad. And <laughs> we also did some trips. Those were our two big air trips. And then we did road trips to California and Colorado as well. So I think we're, it looks like we're going to get to road trips a little bit later in the podcast, but we'll focus on air travel for right now. Yeah. Yeah. And those were, like you said, we just, the, the California trip was just a, we needed to, to get some sun and to kind of get out of our heads a little bit and, and have a vacation. And mm-hmm. we saw some friends right. that we hadn't seen in a while, but every other trip was you know, visiting family. And, you know, we consider you guys family because you lived in our house for four months. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we did. Yes, we did. So, um, and in, in case our listeners are interested, because a lot of people are, those airlines were American, Southwest, and Delta. And all of them until recently, or maybe even still, we'll, we'll link it in the show notes, were blocking middle seats. And that yeah. was, I still, I think if anyone flew for the first time during the pandemic, they're in for a rude awakening because no one was in the airports. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. so comfortable not having people sitting next to you. It was almost like we were flying first class on every flight. It was really nice. I feel like it was what kind of your grandparents had when they traveled. That experience <laughs> was what we were getting. Yeah. And while it made me very, very sad to like walk through the airport and see all these closed shops and, you know, all this, it just was very empty and thinking about all these people who had lost their jobs. There was this part of me that was like, this is so nice. Like I have not been this unstressed in my life. Mm-hmm. Like this is lovely for a travel day. So, um, okay. So we'll just jump right on into air travel. So how much have we traveled collectively since March? I did the math earlier. I think Eric has done seven flights. I've done five. And you guys, you did two right when the shutdowns were starting. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. And I did a couple. I had to, uh, went to Denver for a quick trip. Back. Okay. So we didn't do done. as many air flights as... And then you guys so did two to... When our house closed. To handle your house. Right. Yep. So 20? Getting close to twenty, <laughs> so that's. I feel like that's pretty impressive. That's like we pretty can good, give yeah. we can give a good picture of what it's like. So you guys used American, 
Southwest and Delta. 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 And I then was United. United. And then we also flew Delta. Right. And I mean, would we all say like middle seat was empty? Mm-hmm. There he gave you little sandy wipes on when you went on board. Everything smelled like Clorox. Everything smelled like Clorox. I would know about the middle seat. I uh, got bumped to first class on my flight to Denver. So nice. The rest of us got the first class experience for free. Well, I guess you also got it for free. I did get bumped. Perks of being a United member. So did they do anything different in first class? Like, did they have like... Besides or, not give you drinks? Well, as you know, first uh. class... So they, you had a choice of like two drinks. It was like a beer or a cocktail. But then the, um, there's only two seats on either side, not three. So there's I no, wouldn't know. There's no middle seat. We did an American so a first class flight and they were skipping the meal service completely. And there was no alcohol. So, because alcohol mm. lives on the Rona. Right. Yeah. They, they can feed off of each other, certainly. We can, we've, we've just solved the pandemic. There they were not at that serve point alcohol. preventing people from bringing their own containers and opening them on the flight. Oh, well, that's good. However, I don't believe that's going on anymore. Please, please, please call your airline and check today's regulations before you fly yeah. yes, and before had, you get upset. We had some very disgruntled passengers sitting next to us who were, did not do the appropriate research and we're quite saddened about the lack of meal and drink service wow. on the flights. You know what? Honestly, I'm going to come to their defense. <laughs> if I was flying first class, <laughs> I would expect that. Because so we went ahead and we did that dumb Delta Economy Plus or whatever. And they didn't give us cocktail. Like, oh, wait, wait, wait. They served beer and wine, but not hard liquor. That makes sense. <laughs> there is, there, I, those are different. Yeah, <laughs> Those are different, I guess. The Rona lives on you know, Tanqueray, but not on, you know, your Chardonnay. Right. So yeah, I think I saw an article about that. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, okay. (laughs) The moral of the story is check with your airline for what you can expect. Overall, yes, Mm -hmm. I would say the the crews were doing an amazing job with what they had to work with. Yes. We were very happy with the, um, with the crews and the customer service that we experienced. Right. And we understand it's not up to them. Like they're just, they're just the messenger. Yes. So, even some airlines, I don't know if you want to talk more about this, but some airlines are even offering COVID insurance too, right? So mm-hmm. I don't know if we talk about that later, but the, uh, they're so confident that you won't get COVID on a flight um, just because the numbers are not there that they'll give you insurance to, uh, to cover costs if you do contract yeah. COVID. Yeah, so why is that? So they, they, they obviously are weighing risk and the risk is pretty low. Right. Is point. it because of the HEPA filters and the air circulation? And like the process, the wipe down? I don't know. Yeah, everything, everything they're doing, all of the, the safety measures they're taking are pretty extreme where they're even, they've, you know, we, we've all read the stories of they've kicked people off of flights for not putting on their masks. Like mm-hmm. they, yeah, wow. they have that where if you're not actively eating or drinking, you have to have your mask on. Whereas anywhere else, it's kind of like a suggestion depending on where you are of like, mm-hmm. hey, you should do that. And people are kind of taking it or leaving it how, what they're, whatever they want. But the airlines are saying, we're, you're not flying if, if you're not wearing your mask. Right. It's non-negotiable. And even before this, I think it's worth noting, we have this idea like we get sick on airplanes, but we really don't in high numbers. And that's, I think, a really important thing for us to remember because, again, we do want this information to be timeless. The way that the, way that the air circulates on planes makes your chance of getting any disease on an airplane pretty low. And, again, you have to do your own research and decide if that risk is worth it to you to be on a plane ever but it is actually fairly low that you get sick from being on an airplane. Yeah, that's, it's true. It's very true. And I think, I think air travel got a bad rap there in the beginning because nobody knew what was going on and they were closing down Mm -hmm. borders. Mm -hmm. And so I think people just automatically just associated, oh, airplane, tiny tube, lots of people. It must be like this huge vector for germs. Right. And for some reason, people still think that airplane air is actually recirculated and it's not. Oh, so we need to... We need to be clear about that as people advocating for travel. Yeah, it's fresh air. Pretty powerful filters on those things. Yes. Yeah. And that's, and that's very comforting to know because I think for a lot of us, travel is actually necessary, you know? And so, I mean, like for us, there was a lot of travel that was involved just due to job loss. Right. And then um, also just for us, some of the evacuations that were happening or actually we evacuated because of some of the lockdowns. And that was a great call. We can all agree. It was a very good call. It was a very good call. We spent three months in Sedona and it was grand. Um, And, but so sometimes it's necessary or there's custody arrangements that need to be met or Mm -hmm. family emergencies. And so, you know, or medical emergencies, there's lots of reasons why people travel 
on top of wanting to stay connected to their loved ones. So, and we want to be really clear to you with our, our decisions for our family's travel. We never did anything sneaky, anything illegal. Everything we did was completely above board. Um, when tests are required, we've taken tests. When different locations have asked us not to be in certain locations, we're not sneaking into those places. We've been very, very careful to honor the requests and rules of all the places we've been in as well. Mainly because we we don't want to, we thought about it, and I think collectively as a couple, we decided, you know, we don't want to be on the news. That's true. (laughs) That's probably a good idea. Yeah. (laughs) No. Just on podcasts. My wife's a doctor in the town. I'm a math teacher. We're pretty public faces, and we figured, you know, that would be a little, you know, not so great in our <laughs> where we're at here. <laughs> so if you guys felt comfortable traveling and being above board, yeah, <laughs> we felt comfortable traveling. Yeah, and I think you guys did a great job with it as well. And like I said, Anna was traveling when the shutdowns were happening. You yeah. had a flight across the country two days while it was all happening. I did, and it was it was a very weird vibe going in because you had some people who were wearing like N95s and. Mm you know, like grocery bags on their hands. And then it was like, then you just had people. And even like me at that time, I just went as me. I was like, well, I, I don't know anything. I don't have a mask, believe it or not. There was a period in time when we did not have masks just laying around. Right. That's uh, <laughs> you think back about the, you know, the time before. Yeah, exactly. Whatever they call it, the pre-time. The, pre, of- the pre-COVID <laughs> or just back when, you know, people were raiding Costco for toilet paper, that era, you know, that's how people were reacting to it. And it was, it was very strange. It was a very panicky type feeling. Um, and then, and then obviously mid COVID was different because it just, it felt a bit more controlled. Like the people, their message was out. This is how it spreads. Wear your mask, wash your hands. You know, there was hand sani stations everywhere. Right. Yeah. I feel like there was a bit of misinformation at the beginning and the, you know, like the CDC and everyone was kind of saying some wrong information and mm-hmm. you know, they came out and said, Hey, what we th- said was wrong, which was, you know, really big of them to, to kind of admit some mistakes. Yeah. And yeah, once they kind of had, you know, here's the precautions you should take, then yeah, it kind of was more normalized and felt pretty good. Yeah. So what should we, between our 20 flights, tell someone who's like, let's just say hypothetically, they're preparing to go on a flight for something, for some occasion. What would we say, like, prepare yourself for X? Like, what would it be? I think I would say, as I would always say for air travel, read up or call the customer service of your airline and get as much information as you can. And this applies to when you're traveling with a little kid, when you're traveling with a car seat, when you're traveling with bags, you're not sure if you can check. The more you know, the happier you're going to be the day of travel. Mm -hmm. And the Mm -hmm. day of travel, don't mess with TSA and don't mess with the flight attendants because then you end up on the news and it's just not necessary. (laughs) That would be my advice. It's also not, yeah, like, I just don't understand, like, everyone who has a problem with all of these things yelling at the employees who are making, like, minimum wage or, like, mm -hmm. the flight attendants where it's clearly they are not the ones who made this rule. Why are you belittling someone who's just trying to do their job? That one always just, I never understood that. Just be decent humans to each other. And I mean, it's not, if you're flying somewhere, it's not going to take very long to get there. And if you're sitting there uncomfortably wearing a mask when you don't want to, it's okay. You're flying. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Like the technology that it is, is it's impressive. So just sit with it for an hour or two and you'll get there and hey, you didn't get arrested. Exactly. Or just like you take off your shoes or you pull out your laptops. Like it's just kind of just part of the deal right now. And you just need to accept it. Um, I would also say I was curious. So I obviously flew pre kind of COVID lockdowns and when all the information was out there. But now so when you go to TSA, I was wondering what are they going to do when they see your ID? Because you've got this mask on, but they just have you like pop it down. real Yeah, they just have you and they have you take it off and Mm-hmm. look at you and make sure that's you. And then you just throw it back on. It's, it back on. it's really easy. Yeah. I was just like, what? I don't know. I just, <laughs> I think I had a lot of anxiety anyway. And so I was like, wait, wait, what are we going to do? How are they going to see it's me? Mm. Anyway, that's all. It's not a big deal. <laughs> They're behind plexiglass. You just pop it down. It's not, yeah. it's not a big you know, deal. And, and it was pretty easy for us to social distance because we don't like people anyways. No, we don't. <laughs> that's fine. So we just avoid people naturally and it I, works. I do wonder when people are like social distance. I'm like, I always social distance. Like I don't Especially like. Especially traveling with children. We found that the, if the airport has an escalator that goes up to any mm-hmm. waiting area, no one is up there. And so you can take your kids and like we did with, with our little one, 
and was able to like play tag and run around and not worry about him throwing his stuffed animal and hitting someone. Like we had entire upstairs areas to ourselves. So if those of you a little travel hack, if you have children and you're waiting, if you get to the airport super early, try and find just the upstairs waiting area. There's usually like less than five people taking a nap on the ground <laughs> waiting for their flights. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if you're lucky enough to get there before another family, you have this entire like square footage of like massive square footage of play space for your kids. Yeah. And we've actually never taken our kids, not by choice. It's just kind of how the cards fell. But our children right. have never been on an airplane since, since the Rona. Oh, so. well, along, along those lines, I'll add in with the, with the traveling with kids during the pandemic or any, whatever future kerfuffle is going on in the travel industry. <laughs> nice use of kerfuffle. Yeah. Thank one, you. One point Thank for you. word bingo. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really important how we project um, our feelings to our kids, right? Here's a change. You got to mm-hmm. wear a mask. Now we have a three-year-old who's not into it. We have a 14-year-old who spent a lot of the summer having anxiety about the world situation. We have to project, this is what we're doing and it's fine and away we go. Mm. And if we project, this is stupid, they're making us wear masks or we should be afraid, that's why we're wearing a mask. We're doing ourselves and our kids and family travel a pretty big disservice. Yeah, kids are, kids are little parrots. They just speak whatever the parents speak. And so, Absolutely. yeah, we've, it's, I think, I don't know if it was when we flew, if John was required to wear a mask. He was not yet because he, he was, was under three young enough okay but i think they've, they've changed it now and so we're trying to get him to wear the mask and as anyone with a toddler knows it's pretty hard to keep a mask on them and so it's basically like clamp it down and be like no he's fine and then go through the security <laughs> checkpoints and, and do your best but yeah you know, he's, he's getting there but as long as we kind of try and you know just let them know it's the positive thing mm-hmm. and it's not just a you have to do it and hopefully they'll see that you're being okay with it and then they'll be okay with it yeah yeah, that's a great way to look at it. So speaking of masks, um, what kind of mask did you use and why? I like a level two surgical mask. I like the brand Be Sure. Be Sure. That's the one I it wear. It is a nice one. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. <laughs> really, I think they look great on me. Brought to you by Dr. Peppers. <laughs> <laughs> and they, I am not getting paid to recommend them. That's just the one I want. And they come in assorted colors. They and come I find in assorted the purple. colors. The yes. purple I think we were talking about earlier. You, you guys need ad revenue. So maybe you should hit up Be Sure. Be Sure. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Please. And send us some purple. Some I have purple. some. <laughs> I have some mask me, but it's minimal. Yeah. Oh, man. The mask yeah, I me. went... Um, I, I did not like the feel of those because after you know, after you wear them a couple times, they get with any facial hair, they get a little scruffy and scratched a little Aww. bit. And so it was like little fuzzies were just going into my mouth with those ones. And so I bought a cloth mask off the internet and I don't remember the brand. I don't have it on me right now, but I really like it. And it came with an option to like strap towards the back of your head, not so it wasn't around your ears. Mm -hmm. And so kind of for some people who have that, you know, the fatigue of having the strap on your ears, that was really nice. And it was, it was kind of like bowed out a little bit. So it left some room. So it wasn't just pressing on my face the entire time. And it's very comfortable and it passed the candle tests, as they say. You know, I, I sat there looking like a fool, probably for several minutes, just going, <laughs> just like on a candle. Why can't I blow this candle out? And it didn't work. And so, you know, it's it's been really good. And yeah, it's just it's very comfortable. And what do you guys use for your kids? Again, didn't come prepared. And so we just brought for uh, for our oldest, he has he uses the the Be Sure brand as well. Mm-hmm. And our youngest, we just. I just went on Amazon, found a mask that had good reviews for children. It has like dinosaurs and cars on it, which is what our little guy is into right now. And so we ask him, what do you want to wear? Dinosaur cars. And he picks one and gets really excited about it for like 10 seconds. Yeah. He's still not wearing it. So I don't know. We'll put, we'll put your mask brand in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. And if John ever wears his mask, we'll put that in the show notes too. It's very cute though. Thank you. Yeah. He just needs to wear it long enough to get to security. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then we'll See, just give him snacks works. on the flight the entire exactly. time. So he's eating. He's eating. He's eating. <laughs> Which is what he does when he travels. He's learned on car trips. This is kind of frustrating for us because he gets in the car seat now and immediately says, where's my snack? Yep. I want oh. a snack. Or where's my baba? Or where's my water? It's like, okay, you can survive 20 minutes in the car without eating something. You're going to be okay. But can you? Yeah. I can't. Because not I on understand. Not on airplanes, he can't. I'm, I'm a three-year-old when it comes to road trips. <laughs> where's, where's my snack? Where's my snack? So, Scott, how about you? 
Oh, I uh, use the mask that you bought. Okay. <laughs> so I couldn't, I couldn't find Beecher. So I just use the um, DRE brand. I, I kind of want to call it Dr. Dre. I know that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> I got it on Amazon and I liked them because so if you can't get like the actual like real surgical, you know, level two masks or level threes um, online, it's really sketchy. Like sometimes there's fiberglass inside them and right. all this gross stuff. So I liked the Dr. Dre because it was made in the United States and did not have um, fiberglass. And from what I understand, it's just kind of like you're just standard procedural mask. Like it's nothing special, but it'll give you a fair amount of protection too. So that's what we felt good about. Got them on Amazon, buy them in bulk and just pass them out to the family. And so. your boys wear them like champs, which is awesome. They do. They do. Yes. Yes. Yes, indeed. Maybe the little metal things upside down, but otherwise, <laughs> otherwise <laughs> the, the spirit of it. Down. It's this, close enough. <laughs> it's there. It's there. That's all that matters. Right. So, um, okay. Let's see how also, I was just curious. This was a very interesting thing for me with just the new mask culture. When we went to Seattle to close on our house, that was when all the mask mandates were in. Mm -hmm. And so I grabbed like a whole stack and brought them with me. And I found myself rationing them like underwear. Like, <laughs> okay, so we are going to save a fresh one for the flight home. So we are not breathing <laughs> this like grody air that we've been breathing. Like it smells like your breath and it has makeup on it. <laughs> so, I mean, do, do you guys, do you feel that way at all? Like, do you get at all sort of like, okay, wait, I'm going to save yeah, What's your one. method for rationing? Yeah, exactly. Like, do you ration? Emily's method is she takes them and stuffs them all in my, uh, my glove compartment. I do. There's many box in the of my both car. glove compartments. Yeah. Our cars. And they all have makeup and over everywhere. them. So whenever I leave my car, my uh, cloth mask at home and I go in there. It's like, well, that foundation so, yeah. looks nice on you. <laughs> yes. I will say we're maybe more privileged than some in that I work in healthcare. I'm an orthodontist. So we've always had plenty of masks. We didn't have a PPE shortage issue in our area and there has not been a mask issue. Um, I think if you store them near gum, they will smell like mint. Oh, which is that's nice. my tip. Yeah. That's a very good tip, which I discovered because the gum is also in the glove box. Um, or you can be more advanced and put essential oils and other scented things on the inside of your mask so you're not just smelling your breath. But you're not chewing bubble gum while wearing a mask. I am always chewing some sort of gum because uh, I love gum. How do you blow bubbles then? Because it's yeah. mint. You don't, you don't blow small bubbles. It's mint. I'm kidding. I'm just so no, it's not like first class, Scott. I get so, it. Right. Yeah, Scott. <laughs> at some point or another, you become a plague doctor. <laughs> <laughs> right? Didn't right. they like stuff their masks with potpourri? Because everyone smelled right. that. They did, sure. yes. Yes. And maybe just, you know, visit your dentist. You know, I think the, the word is out that visiting your dentist during the pandemic is fine. And then your breath smells better. And then your recirculated air in your mask smells better. There it is. Win, win. Yeah. Win, and win. Your dentist, and people. just put makeup on from the eyes up. Exactly. Yeah. At 50% savings on makeup. Exactly. Makeup sales actually are down. I'm not, that's surprised. That's I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised a little bit. Yeah, I'm not surprised. So, uh, so when you guys were, so you're in the airport, we've got our masks, we're dealing with all of that. Hand washing. Did you wash your hands beyond what you normally would? I would, I would think about it. Like the thought would always be in my head of, okay, let me spend an extra 10 to 20 seconds. Like I've never like, I would always wash my hands. I'm I'm never like, yeah, let me just leave after I go to the bathroom or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's disgusting. I mean, we're okay. all pretty high functioning, yes. right? <laughs> Pro travel tip. Yeah, yes, we need a level set of hygiene here, yeah. right? And so, I mean, so it would just be the normal. And then, I don't know, I would feel that peer pressure where if someone else was like in the bathroom too, it'd be like, okay, I'm going to show them. I'm going to wash my hands extra long and just kind of be like, there, show I did them. my part. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. What's up? I'm not going to be on the news. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to be on the news. I, uh, I think I used hand sanitizer a lot more. So if hand sanitizer is used well, it can be very close to as effective as hand washing. And there are some lovely scents of hand sanitizer out there. We have, we, for we've, the had, we've had some donut scented ones. Yes. Mm -hmm. I have a Noel cupcake ones. scented ones. It's really nice because we all know we've all been there where you've gone to some place and they say, you know, sanitize up before you come in. And they've got some off brand, horrible smelling, just ruins your day. Probably sticky, has fiberglass in it. Sticky hand sanitizer. <laughs> yep. But they're just knowing that back in my car, I have frosted donuts <laughs> that I can put on my hands. You can. And no, then I'll you're be gonna, right back. Yeah. yeah. Smell like frosted donut. I have citrus wreath. Nice. Not sure what that means, but well, it smells very kids, good. Don't you think the kids are more open to hand sanding too? When you tell a 10 year old or a 14 year old, both of which we have, 
go wash your hands. They're not excited about it. If you say, here's the hand sanny, they get excited about the flavor. Right. And, and it's cute. Definitely not the like low key tequila ones. No. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need those ones. Yeah. So I think I think we used a lot of hand sanitizer since March more than usual. Okay. I don't know if our collective hand washing went up very much as a yeah. family. <laughs> That's all right. Well, I think we I think if the baseline is like functional, you're probably washing your hands a lot. When I, when I saw all of the like wash your hands campaign, I'm like, how gross are you people? Like, I don't think normal people wash their hands very much. so nasty. Not normal. Very. And as you know, but the listeners may not know, I often reference the, the bell curve to Anna <laughs> yes, and Scott. You yes, definitely you do. do. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> of that, when you, when you think about the average person, you know, if you're, if you're doing things like that are just, you know, slightly above average, there's more than half of the population is doing things worse than you are because that's just, you know, the math teacher in me right there is yeah. referencing a bell curve on average distribution of things. And so unfortunately with hand washing, the average hand washing, half the population is not doing the average hand washing, which is it's, it's kind of gross. It's gross. So it's comforting to think how like amazing you are. But then it's also really disgusting to think about everybody else. Right. So how about you, Scott? You've been like weirdly silent. Uh, he, he is one that does not wash his hands. Is what he's he's the back there on the curve. <laughs> no, I just know too many people when you work in an office sometimes and you know they don't wash their hands. It's, it's hard when you know the person. If it's a stranger, it's a little easier to just avoid them. But when you right. work with them and you know they don't wash their hands, you upsetting. offer your... You offer your hand sanitizer. Absolutely. Yes. Before I shake Have your hand. Have some citrus here. tree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, citrus tree. Here you go. So that, it, that's it's not like happens. wash your hands. Like, oh, this one's fun. Put it on your hands. It'll yeah. smell great. It'll smell good all day and you'll never be able to get rid of that smell. It's like very, very pungent. So, um, okay. Oh, and space. So how do we feel on the airplane? I think we already covered this, but did everyone feel comfortable with the amount of spacing between so with our passengers one, with our one first class flight they were not blocking any seats the seats are obviously bigger there's less people per unit area um every other flight we were on they were blocking middle seats and that was not always true for every airline but there is a again please do your own research look up your own articles there's a very small increase in chance of catching anything from another passenger when the middle seat is full. So okay. the risk is there. Obviously, the less people on the plane, the less chance of catching something on a plane. It's already very low and it increases the more people are on the plane. That should make sense to everyone. But um, do your own research. Decide what's worth it to you. Block out a whole row for yourself. Buy six seats if you want to and decide what's <laughs> worth it to you if you're going to fly. But we were very comfortable space-wise. I'm actually the kind of person that gets nervous if there's not people around. <laughs> so Oh, I need, I need people around. Let's get our hands sanitized. Let's get our masks and let's be together. That's yeah. how I feel. Yeah, I thought, I thought the airlines did a very great job of the space management. And I was impressed with just how they, you know, they had everyone that said, you know, stay in your seats until we specifically call your row. I think they were mm. loading it by rows or I forget exactly how they were doing it, but they did a great job to prevent the the mass, the horde of people that just gather around like, oh, I'm in, I'm in tier three and they're calling tier one. I better stand at the gates. That always happens, you know, at, uh, when you go to fly. And so they did a good job of maintaining everyone stay seated. We're going to get you on. We're going to make sure everyone has space and is comfortable with, with all of this. And so I felt very comfortable with how it was running. Yeah. Yeah. Likewise for me too. Um, Again, being in first class wasn't <laughs> as big of a deal. If I haven't mentioned. I, if you have, I mentioned. Did I mentioned that I was in first class on the flight. Too bad you can't hear eye rolls. <laughs> uh, I see them for sure. I know they're there. <laughs> but no, the, the, the airlines did a good job um, making sure that you had your mask if it wasn't time to eat. They, uh, United had boxed snacks, kind of mm -hmm. things like that. So they were all sealed. Um, mm -hmm. And then and, and they, they had beer and wine. But um, not hard liquor, though. No. Yeah, but that's if where you the Rona lives, that's where it lives. And so in unsealed just... pretzels. <laughs> yes, you never know. <laughs> There's no way of knowing. Nope. <laughs> but you just kind of ate slowly, so you didn't have to put your mask back on. Yeah, hey, I'm still mm -hmm. eating. I'm still eating, and that's obviously your own risk factor. If you feel mm -hmm. comfortable doing that, if you want to wolf everything down and then put your mask back on, that's totally your call. But um, oh yeah, we saw one guy with like a full gas mask on. Yes, oh, I yeah. think there's one of those on, on every flight. And <laughs> I think it's required. There's a quota. Right yeah, it you got to have yeah. it. And, yeah. and with, with those people, like, I don't, I don't care to have my mask on. Like, the one I have is, I find it pretty comfortable. 
And so just, you know, if I, if someone clearly has like the triple mask with the hazmat suit on, then I'm just going to maybe not take as long eating or something. Or like Scott said, just like dump the entire bag of pretzels maybe into my mask and eat it <laughs> like a little horse feeder. Horse feeder. It's yeah. like a bucket of oats for a horse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just, uh, you know, accommodate someone else because... You know, that's that's something that has been very obvious during the the pandemic here is you know just the polarization of there's the, the two sides of the mask or no mask and if we could just be nice and be a, a person to someone else mm-hmm. uh, and treat them like just a human person and right. you know treat them how you would want to be treated as they always say it was just I don't care to have my mask on and if someone is really that uncomfortable and has all of the safeguards then you know we should all just try and help them a little bit because maybe they're going through a harder time than we are. That's true. It's true. And they're and more, they they're definitely more scared and afraid. <laughs> and I, mm-hmm. it is, it's a great opportunity to show grace, especially having been shown not grace, um, you know, getting yelled at for going for a walk and, oh my goodness, and yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like you definitely see like, you know what, you want to kind of pay it forward and, right. and be kind to other people. So um, did you feel any nerve? Like, were you nervous around other people? Like if no, and I will, I will give a shout out to, again, obviously the air, airport and airline crews deserve a lot of credit, but shout out to fellow travelers as well, because it takes all of us to make it comfortable for everyone. Mm-hmm. And you only see the people on the news that pitched to fit and got kicked off a flight. Right. But every single day, there's so many people traveling, being courteous, following the rules, wearing their mask and giving each other space that makes everyone comfortable enough to make it happen. And that's been happening since March. Flights never stopped. And so I think that's, that's the part we got to focus on, like Eric said, is how do we continue to give each other that space and that grace, recognizing that everyone's situation is a little bit different and we can still have a nice flight altogether. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that being said, I, I still, just knowing that this is something that could affect me, I did kind of still, I would look at people and kind of, be a little bit judgy of like, all right, I don't want you near me. Mm-hmm. I don't know you. Like, and I never thought this before. And I always found that I just thought it was weird of like, okay, I'm going to try and kind of maintain the distance while I'm walking or like make sure that I'm that six feet or more standing in a line. And I've, I found that interesting about myself, I guess, that, you know, I'm not, I'm not one to shy away from a crowd. You know, I, t- I teach and uh, I like social interaction. And so just having that, that thought be in my head of, okay, this person could potentially have something that could make my life worse. And mm-hmm. so maybe just like, just having a thought in my head of like, okay, I'm going to just kind of have that little bubble around me. Um, I didn't feel unsafe. It was just kind of like, okay, who's around? I just mm-hmm. like all of my senses were up and I was aware, very spatially aware of what was going on around me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was, it was weird to kind of, see that going on in myself yeah yeah i noticed like if someone's coughing like and hacking <laughs> yeah. so on that first flight i did before all the lockdowns happened the guy next to me was real nasty wet cough and i definitely was like oh <laughs> well didn't you say that you had a car or you drank some water I and went, went down the wrong pipe and then you almost like died because you didn't want to <laughs> cough not want to cough and my eyes i was on that flight and my eyes are watering yeah. and i'm like you will not cough so i'm just very subtly like <clears throat> they just like trying to clear the water out of yes. my like airway oh it's so and hard it yeah. was so hard because it, it is it's sad the way we look at everyone is like big germ bags now right but I mean, it's like, cause I know people are seeing me that way and I know I see other people that way. It's almost like you sneeze and be like, no, no, it's just okay. It's, it's allergies. It's, okay. it's, it's allergies. Okay. I feel like you need to hold up signs yeah. and just say allergies. Oh. <laughs> we just have to find that middle ground between suspecting every single sniffle and, and giving each other enough space that we're being safe. Yeah. And, and comfortable and respecting everyone's boundaries. And it's weird seeing kind of everyone come to this conclusion together. Like it's been this collective risk assessment. It's been Mm -hmm. this collective kind of coming to grips with your mortality that like kind of everyone has done at the same time. And sometimes it's very heartening. Sometimes it's very disheartening, but here we are and we got to get through it. So anyway. Okay. So road trips, road trips. trips. So a lot of people kind of opted for road trips. 
this year. Road trips are very in vogue this year. Yeah, it's a it's a thing. RV well, sales it, yeah. apparently Our, through the, the roof. The, we look we looked up the RV sales for those Cruise America RVs, and oh my word, that is. I don't know how so many people are driving. Congratulations those to those of you that can. Yeah, do kudos that. to you guys. You're for doing very that, well. Making that bank to get an RV because yes. those are expensive. And do you need like a C class or a D class <laughs> license to drive those? For some of the bigger ones, you okay. do need a different Depends on how, license. Yeah, how big yeah. it is. If it's like a bus. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's been kind of crazy. So we did take a few, all of us. Um, I think I think we should start with your guys' first road trip, which was from. Washington. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we out. To... We're going to Sedona. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's what we did. So this will probably be like the the real details of this will be for another episode. But um, where we were in Washington was locking down and it was very alarming just based on some very specific demographics and just different factors about where we lived. And we kind of just felt like the governor at that time was really just taking into account city people and not really people out in the country. Mm -hmm. And we were starting to feel increasingly nervous, I'd say, especially as like the internet was going down and no one would come out to fix it. And Scott was a lovely place that you guys had, but very small, very small, very isolated. And Scott needed that for his job. So yep, if I can't work from home, then I have to go to an office. If you can't go to an office, then what do you do? Then what do you do? Yeah. yeah. So we packed up and we drove down to Sedona to stay at Eric and Emily's gorgeous Airbnb um, down in Sedona. They had graciously offered it to us so we could just kind of ride out the storm. And um, I mean, so as we were going down, we felt very suspicious. We could just tell people were looking at us. They were looking at our license plates. <laughs> they were, I mean, we were just kind of sneaking in and out. Like we had the dogs with us and we, we had everybody, would, we had everyone <laughs> in this little tiny car. Um, and I would go out at night to take the dogs. Cause like, that's how toxic and hostile, yeah. like just the vibe was. Well, and right there at the beginning, Washington state had the highest number of cases. Yeah. And I remember you guys saying like, we need to put our car in your garage so that no one sees there's a Washington car mm-hmm. in Sedona. That mm-hmm. was pretty surreal. So it was like that. an so artificial surreal. target on our car. If it we were was, well, by. people would say things like loudly. They did. from Washington. And I was like, uh, I promise we're not diseased. Um, so anyway, so as we were driving down, I mean, Scott, what were some of the biggest differences? I mean, aside from just like feeling very suspicious the whole time. But. Well, yeah. We mean people being sp- suspicious of us. Right. Yeah. So that obviously was, was a thing. Um, hotels were still trying to figure out what to do because obviously you drive from Washington to Arizona. You can't, I mean, you guess you can do it in one shot, but we oh, did the not. Family, yeah. Not with the family. And two dogs. And two dogs. So we had to pick some hotels that were pet friendly and at the same time adhere to their, you know, requirements for being safe, which was all over the place. So one hotel right. had one thing. Some some guy um, at the front desk, I forget which hotel it was, said, you, you want some coffee? I'm like, I'm just looking for some coffee. You don't have coffee anymore? He's like, here, come back here. And he had a, a pot brewed for, nice. for, the, for the workers there nice. um, and allowed me to get two cups for us. Um, but, you know, we were all safe and hand sanitized and all that kind of thing. And this was still. before any of the shelter in place had yeah. gone down. I know some of you guys are listening, wondering, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. Just so you know. We're keeping it all above board. This is all above yeah, board. This is in early March. Yeah. There were no shelter in place at this point. So there are whispers of it, but it was not happening. So that's why um, you guys decided to leave. You were like, okay, there's two mm-hmm. options. You know, we could stay on our island in Washington and just literally be on an island and deliverance be island. And, yeah. <laughs> internet. Or With- we could try and escape before we all knew things were locking down. And can we, can we try and make it survivable for our children and for our own sanity mm-hmm. and try and try and get into a, you know, a split home. Like we were thankful enough to have down in Sedona. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So nothing we did was was wrong or illegal or anything like that, but just well thought out. Very. And the I will say the biggest difference we noticed real early on, the hotels like nixed the breakfast. They sure <laughs> had like a sad fruit cup with like you know like the soggy clementines no, and cherries. Yeah, you guys sent us a video oh, about the fruit cup. The fruit cup that sad was just cup. dismal. We didn't get that in any of our hotels, <laughs> and it was just kind of. Yeah, it was that was a little depressing, but otherwise some of the rest areas had bathrooms that were locked, which I thought was weird. Um, and it's really frustrating traveling with children too yes. of the many bathroom breaks they need and trying frantically looking around, okay, who's got a bathroom? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. 
hey, I guess we're going yeah. outside. I guess we're going like, outside. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, I don't know how that's more sanitary than a toilet, but okay. <laughs> um, so that was, I would say that was kind of our, so we did that. So we drove down to Sedona and then we came back up. And I would say when we came back up, it was after, so from Arizona all the way back up to Washington. So we went through Idaho, mm-hmm. et cetera. Um, and that was fine. It was, everything was a little bit more under control. People were less panicked, but it was the same thing. Um, just unpredictable rest area mm-hmm. policies and, you know, it was a lot of drive through. I remember that because you just <laughs> didn't know who had the dining room open, who didn't. Right. Um, and then it was like, download our app and you're like, I don't have Wi-Fi. I don't, (laughs) I'm using Google Fi. We're going to have to pay for this. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So, um, that was ours. And then when we moved, we drove, we did that same thing, but we came three times across the country for you guys. Yes. And we went through California that time. Um, and that was, that was a bit nicer. Surprisingly, it Mm. was, it was a nicer experience. Um, I felt like Orange County had a really good handle on just their COVID policies and it didn't seem so extreme, I guess, or just kind of just shots in the dark of like, we're hoping that this is right. what yeah, will work. I think that would be it. As time has gone on, places have gotten their policies. And again, we're always trying to respect their policies and their rules. Places have gotten their policies more clear and their employees know what's going on and what to say and what to provide or what they're not able to provide. And it's, gotten easier as time has gone on at least in our experience yeah so tell us your experiences so we drove to was it just colorado and california we did a colorado road trip and a california road trip colorado was the most dramatic you guys mentioned the closures because we do (laughs) well and again we we respect this we respect everyone's rules but some of the um native american nations this this one was on us this was on us have had very strict lockdowns meaning nothing is open after certain times at night, including gas stations, including drive-thrus, really? including grocery stores. So we did not look up what was going on, as I just advised all the listeners to earlier. And <laughs> we were not aware. And so we were out on out in the desert planning on uh, certain drive-thrus that we'd used before. And they weren't open. And neither were the gas stations and neither were the grocery stores. Oh, wow. So we, and so we, we, we had all had goldfish and we sure did. Jelly like beans. an applesauce and jelly beans for dinner. Yep. And Ooh, yum. Was, <laughs> that's great to do with kids. That was rough. Highly recommend. <laughs> <laughs> got to our got to our destination about midnight with no food in our tummies. And yeah, obviously we all survived and it was fine. But again, just make sure you look up where you're going and what the rules are and yeah, respect one, them. And that one was we we had you know, we have family that live up in, you know, Paonia, Colorado, and which we you drive, should all visit. We drive to Telluride a lot, and just kind of the mountains of Colorado. We we like we love it there. We vacation there when we can. It's an easy drive for us, and so we just took that travel day for granted because we've done it so many times. Sure, yeah. We're like, well, what's the difference this time? Well, there is a pretty big difference this time. Everyone had all these security measures set in place, and we were unaware of them. And so, even if you've been somewhere a thousand times, you know this is. We're still living in a time where we need to check and double check what's going to happen. Otherwise, yeah, thankfully our, our little guy was was okay with the snacks that we did have. In Jelly the car. beans and applesauce. And <laughs> he survived living his the best night. life. And yeah. thankfully you guys had enough uh, fuel as well to get through. I, I found a granola bar in one of the compartments of my car and I chugged some whole milk to kind of, you know, fill me up for yeah. the evening. Oh, <laughs> I can. Yeah. Sounds delicious. Sounds so good. Sounds so good. Sounds about like traveling. Yeah. 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 yeah, That that's that's definitely it. Uh, So did you guys feel so? I mean, we were talking about like gross, you know, fuel pumps and you know that kind of thing. So station bathrooms. Yeah. So did you just take extra precautions or were you just the usual amount of grossed out? We just had the masks and had the hand sanny. Yeah. The citrus wreath came through. I don't think I don't think I used any of the public restrooms <laughs> in the gas stations. Um, if 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 I did, it was like, OK, I'm going to try and figure out a way to not touch a door handle, like use the elbow. <laughs> yeah. Or like hip check it or or whatever. But I was very, yes, very much like way more like my awareness was heightened a lot more visiting any of the gas stations than than any of the air travel we've done okay yeah that makes sense i think they're not cleaned as much and we are in the phase listeners please don't be jealous where we bring our toddler's potty with us in the car (laughs) so he goes potty in the car and then we spritz the car with 
air freshener as well. You and then it. we go dump that yeah. somewhere because that's the phase <laughs> of life that we're in. Appropriately. Yes. It's an Elmo potty. Yeah. It's a very nice Elmo potty. In an appropriate place. <laughs> it's legal. We dump the contents of the potty. So, so that was, it's just been, it's been a special time to road trip for us for sure. Oh, for sure. But again, there's like we've said, there's, there's always been risks to road trips, right? There's always mm-hmm. been a risk to a gas station bathroom. And we're a little more aware of that. We have a little more hand sanitizer, a little more Clorox wipes rolling around in the car. And um, we made it happen. And those were both to see, to see loved ones of ours. And we're very glad we did those trips. And, um, and some people might be wondering, because we love flying so much, why didn't we fly? Those were destinations that would take longer to do the airport hustle and fly yeah. to than to drive. Yeah, so so they're, the small mountain towns in Colorado, well, it's like a six to eight hour drive for us. We would have to... You know, drive to an airport, wait an hour, fly the, you know, it probably would have been like a half hour flight maybe, but then wait mm-hmm. an hour, try and get a rental car and then drive the, hour. a couple hours from the airport to the, our destination. And it's just makes more sense to drive. Plus it's a gorgeous drive driving yeah. through, you know, the Utah, Colorado, Arizona, the four corners area is just, it's amazing. If anyone gets a chance to travel through there, it's, it's yes, just for people looking for distanced, distanced vacations that Southwest Colorado, um, Southern Utah and Northern Arizona is a great, great location to do it in. Yeah. Lots of beautiful outdoors. It really is very lovely. So how about hotels then? So we've kind of talked about the diff- like big differences. Obviously we talked about our fruit cup. Sad for the <laughs> Right. The the turquoise inn, I believe it's called, in Cortez. That is our staple. We love the turquoise to inn the in rescue. Cortez. They had they had a I'm gonna call it full service breakfast. Really? Where they had they invited They've always had Continental. They always had the Continental. And then this time they said, No, no, you won't get it. You tell me what you want and I will get it for you. And so mm. that was amazing. I don't know why more people don't do that to limit the, the, you know, the touching and the exposure of all of the foods. They gave you the plastic utensils in the, you know, the sealed bag. They said, okay, I have your plate. What do you want? And it was their entire breakfast menu, which is a pretty good breakfast menu that they have there. So including waffles, including waffles wow. and biscuits and gravy, they had the scrambled eggs, bacon. They had like all of the, all of the, you know, standard bagels and donuts type things and the pastries and yogurts and it was yeah so that one is deluxe because they chose to increase customer service (laughs) during the pandemic instead of decrease it so we had a good experience at several other hotels um the hotel soul in reddington shores florida did a good job for us the rocky mountain inn in paonia colorado did a good job for us and then Glorietta Bay Inn in San Diego, overall great job with customer service, but they went with getting rid of their breakfast instead Aww. of serving it to us, like Turquoise Inn, which is kind of sad. And then the Victorian Inn um, in Telluride, Colorado, same thing, got rid of their breakfast and their coffee, as you experienced. We have to go. I don't know why they, they because, mix the coffee. Because it lives the on the go. coffee machine. It lives on the coffee machine. Yeah. <laughs> and so... So You're those so those two nixed their yeah they nixed their breakfast, <laughs> <laughs> which we didn't take as personally until we got to Cortez and they had turned it into, uh, someone brings you your breakfast right, right to limit touching instead of getting rid of the breakfast. It is it is hard to feel like there it's not just an excuse to be cheap. Like, it is a little a little bit, but I do like these hotels and they did a good job. Yeah, again with what the, with what the employees had to do. So all the ones I listed, I would recommend. Mm-hmm. Just call them, call them beforehand so you know what to expect. Yes. So you're not sad. Do you want to talk about the hotel in Union Lake? <laughs> I want to hear about the hotel. I'll let you talk about that. I'll mention the, the hotels we talked about when we just went back and forth. Okay. In Arizona. Okay. So, Washington. so we went to this one in, I guess it's Lake Union or Union. I don't know. It's in downtown Seattle. And it was a nice Marriott. It wasn't like some little fly-by-night number. Yeah, courtyard. And they had like axed every one of their services, including housekeeping which we were there, we were there for a week to close on our house and trash. Like they're not, you can't get room service. You can't get anything. So you're bringing food to your room and literally everyone has their like pizza boxes and sushi, Mm -hmm. like remnants out outside their door. I don't know how that's more sanitary. Yeah. They only cleaned between guests. Yeah. So that's gross. And then if you wanted towels, et cetera, they would bring them to you. I'm like, that's not contactless. Like, how is that and like go into my room while I'm gone, clean it, fog it if you must. Or hey, while you're here, here's the trash. Can you please here's remove the this? Trash. 
it was that that part really bothered me because huh. I just didn't feel like there was any substance to that policy. And it way just scaled back their services and everything smelled like old food. It was really disgusting. <laughs> it's not sanitary. Well, it was not sanitary. Yeah. And the trash was uh, increased because you were always ordering DoorDash or Grubhub. Right. And so it was always takeout containers. Yes. So because yeah. you're always doing and that. Those, those don't fit in the small up, trash yeah. cans. Ooh. It was just a lot of No, trash. that's just for your floss and like a tissue. <laughs> that's what that'll fit. That would. And I feel like what you guys had with a week long stay is where you really start to see where the services have changed. Because mm-hmm. we only had right. all of these. We one night were is one to One to three nights or so. Because most of our trips were to see loved ones who we were staying with. But yeah, that would be interesting to have a week long stay and have that kind of service change. Hopefully they've up their game a little bit i would hope so one would hope so yeah and of course we were doing one night stays uh on our on a road trip between arizona and washington and we like to stay at the hilton brands or or Mar- marriott's mostly but i think we did uh home to suites which mm-hmm. i think is uh i don't, I don't remember know. if they're affiliated with one i can't remember but they were pretty good because they had um kind of little kitchenette kind of stuff which was nice i yes. do love yes they <laughs> Rocky Mountain Inn also had kitchenette and lots mm-hmm. of space, which is something we need. I think if they even had like a full-size refrigerator. Too. It was a yeah. full-size refrigerator. Rocky yeah. Mountain Inn, people. Yeah. It's a good it's, place. <laughs> and I feel like that just comes down to, I really like Airbnbs more and more now. Yes. It's yes. just full-size trash cans. And even those and have been limited. I'm sure you've seen mm-hmm. too. There've been less available in places that we've all been before. And that's fine. Owners need to do what they're comfortable with. Yeah. But yeah, there's there's a lot to be said for Airbnbs when you're long term with kids. Somewhere. With kids. Oh mm-hmm. my goodness, yes. So um that brings us to kind of the next big one is testing. So that's kind of I feel like when you test to do something, I feel like you just kind of reach this whole new level of like savvy. I was I, I was <laughs> I was so happy because we we were going to do, or we did, um, a, a Grand Canyon rim to rim, south rim to north rim uh, in a day hike. And we were going to be in a car with, I think, three other people. And so we all decided, since we're all you know, uh, friends and family that are from different places, let's all get tested so that when we cram in this car, we know for sure that everyone is safe and are making these precautions. And so I was so happy to hear that they were doing the saliva test, not the 12 inch nasal swab that mm. goes to the back of your brain. The mummy and, scramble. Oh my goodness. I was, <laughs> I am not about that. And so the saliva test was amazing. If anyone gets to do that, my recommendation, my tip for you, <laughs> pro tip, because I was able to fill my saliva tube up easily five times faster than Emily. Took me a long time. Was you just um, don't swallow while you're in the car line. You just kind of pool it up. And so when you're talking to someone, you go, okay, yeah, I got to, I'll just, you know, just, it's just pulled into your mouth. And so when they finally hand you the tube, you can just like, and it fills it right up. It's super easy. And then you don't have to sit there like, like Emily with the straw in her mouth and like, how'd you do that? Why won't mine go? And it's just. Because they don't want bubbles, right? Yeah, they don't want the bubbles. They're very judgy about the bubbles. (laughs) And you have to has fill. to be between certain lines. Yeah. No bubbles. So they give you a vial. <laughs> Very stressful. They give you a vial and, and a, straw. a little cut up straw. And they say, you know, don't spit into the tube. Let it just kind of drool out, I guess. Dribble. I don't, dribble out. And so um, I was prepared for this. And so I was just kind of, you know, popped it in and just kind of flowed out. And I was done. But Emily was sitting in there struggling as I was struggling. other cars were passing us and <laughs> <laughs> you're getting lapped <laughs> it's a good tip just don't yeah just don't it swallow is. your spit for just several minutes before you do the saliva test i had the nasal swab one as well in washington while we were visiting um even though our chances were low that we had contacted anyone who could have had it because we were pretty isolated oh. on the aforementioned small island deliverance um, island yeah i got mm-hmm. a cough and i thought it was allergies and but I wanted to be sure, and I went and got the nasal swab test, and it was not the super invasive one, or else I don't have nerve endings up there, one of the two. <laughs> Either <laughs> one's possible. Came, yeah, it came back negative, was allergies, everything was fine. And then I've done the saliva one for the rim to rim, which, disclaimer, should not be done by really anyone. Not recommended, um, but certainly not recommended unless you're familiar with endurance trail sports. The rim to rim, not the saliva test. Just Correct, so the saliva yeah. test. To be clear. Yes. yes. Just the clear. saliva test is highly recommended. Rim to rim is only for advanced endurance athletes. And they did it in a day, just so everyone knows. Yeah, don't do not do that. It's a very nice three-day backpack. 
And even um, then, you got to be pretty good. And even then, you should be in shape. This will be a separate podcast. Exactly. We'll talk about the Grand Canyon. But for the, for the saliva test that we did, uh, we found out that Arizona State University, big university here in Arizona, was doing a, like, they're gathering data as much as they possibly can. And so they're offering free testing throughout all of Arizona. And I looked it up, you know, I've got, I have family in Illinois and Florida. And if you just Google search free COVID tests, you can probably find one. There's mm-hmm. a lot of places that are doing similar things just to try and get the data out of there. You don't have to have symptoms. It's just, I want to take this test and they let you do it. And so do some research on that. If you can find, I know a lot of places will offer to charge, but before you go to like a CVS or a pharmacy of any type to try and, and pay for your test, look up to see if any location university or whatever is, is doing the free testing because free is better than paying for something. Oh, for yeah. sure. And how soon did you guys get your results back? 24 hours. Nice. Yeah, it was probably a little longer than that. It was less than 2 20, days for 26 sure. Hours. Yeah. If we're counting <laughs> if we're counting your 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 spit time. It was yeah. over <laughs> 24 hours. It was, it was just really difficult for me. Um yeah, it was pretty fast and my um, my Washington one was probably 36 hours something like that. Okay. Yeah, so, a lot of the places they'll tell you a turnaround, expected turnaround of like 4 to 7 days. Uh, but from what we've experienced and our oldest son has been in like running clubs and things where people have had, uh, they've been tested positive. So he's probably had five he's or had six He's had five or six tests. tests. Teenagers are just doing a lot and of And some things. of his, you know, it's been, it's in that, it's in, the, it's in that two to three day range is what he's experienced for all of his multitude of tests he's had. Okay. And right. just, and just to be clear, we're, we're talking about asymptomatic tests. Right. If you have symptoms, please talk to your doctor. Also, this is not medical advice. Oh no. Definitely not. So that kind of, with the whole testing thing, Scott and I have not tested. But um, aren't you excited to now? We are considering it. Uh, well, we're considering taking a trip to an island in December, all of us. That's true. And yeah. we've been looking into some of the testing options and they're not great. Um, well, I think it's tougher for you guys because you have kids in that sort of ambiguous age range. Yeah. Um, for well, over 12, it's easy to get them. And also the, the, the airline specific, I remember you guys telling mm-hmm. us that they require a specific test from a specific company doing yes. a specific thing and they won't just accept, Hey, Arizona state university, a huge university. Mm-hmm. I think we can probably trust them and the airlines aren't trusting them. And so that's, I know that's been a frustration for you guys. It's been very frustrating. So we might go with something different. I think is yeah. kind of where we're at right now we'll because see. yeah, the costs are just outrageous. I mean, we were thinking about going to Maui. We actually still, we're not thinking we have tickets to Maui. <laughs> we sure do. <laughs> Wait, Lots just, of tickets. <laughs> Whether we're going it. now or sometime within the year of refundable prices. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And their tests, I mean, we were looking at their t- gate testing and it, I mean, we were going to be spending $800 oh, wow. on a test. Yeah. I mean, as much as we probably spent on tickets, we'd be, right. so, that's tough. So we might be going to friendlier type type situation yeah stay tuned so. everyone and find out <laughs> I which, know. Yeah, we'll which find island out. we're going where are to. we going to it might not be maui it's just gonna close our eyes and point to <laughs> who has the friendly family friendliest testing and it's not that we're against it we will not do it no yeah um it's just come on you've got to be a little bit accommodating here right. we've got kids and you know and they'll do what you say i it just didn't make sense to me that it was 12 and over i'm like so right. you're still testing minors just not some but you, but you need a test for your 10 year old, but there's not one available, available. because it's 12 and up. Right. So it's yeah. like, so what it's are, and it has to be from this lab, from this approved thing. So anyway, right. um, anyway, any other thoughts on, on traveling during the Rona, assessing your own risk? Well, I think what I'll say for our, for our listeners in the interest of making this semi-timeless, um, travel is never going to be without risk and without inconvenience mm. and without yep. annoyance. And the most you can do is educate yourself on the rules where you're going, the rules for your airline, the rules for your travel day, and then let a little bit of it go. I know Anna and Scott have talked about this on their podcast too. You have to have room for that. It's not going to happen how you planned it. And that's okay. And that's going to be true in this current coronavirus pandemic. That was true before. It's going to be true after. And I hope people keep traveling because I really... I don't want to talk anyone into thinking the way I do about travel, but there's so much value in it. Mm-hmm. And if that means a road trip two hours away, that's great. And if that means a flight to another country, um, as the laws allow, that's great. And we're excited for you, whatever you decide to do. 
um, with your travel plans next year and in 2021. And we'll put a whole bunch of references in the show notes as well. Yeah. And that being said, you know, we don't want anyone to do anything you're not comfortable with. If you've never flown before, well, I, I always, I always thought this is the great time to fly if you've never flown before. Oh, for because sure. Because <laughs> the airports are empty. But if you've, if you've never done that, or if you're just not quite sure, um, do what's comfortable for you. You know, my wife's a doctor. We obviously love science and the science facts and look at everything to, to do. We do our research for, you know, how safe are we going to be based on the facts that we currently have. But you also have to weigh in the facts, like I said earlier, of just your social emotional health mm-hmm. of being isolated and staying inside is really not healthy. Yeah. Yep. There's severe health risks that you can develop by not doing things that are good for you. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, we strongly recommend to, to go out and do something do it safely, but go out and do something. Like Emily said, whether it's a, a short drive or if there's family that you haven't seen, socially distance or get some tests and go visit your loved ones. Have something that's going to bring joy to you during these times where it's just, it's been hard for everyone. Mm-hmm. Go have fun, go travel, do something that's obviously safe, but that can make you, you know, feel alive a little bit and bring some of that normalcy back into your life. That's just going to, yeah, like I said, the mental health aspect, I feel like is getting brushed under the rug a little bit, you know, being, being oh, a, a teacher, um, I see that a lot with my students <laughs> and so, um, do what's best for you. And so if that's, if you feel like, okay, maybe I can squeeze in a road trip or a flight somewhere, I highly recommend it. Get out, kind of leave the home. We've all been stuck at home for, you know, this entire year and go have a, a life experience. I love it. Am There's no say, topping that statement, I don't think. Yeah, and you have a leg up if you already don't like people. Yes. Yeah. It's easier to social <laughs> you, do. Like you do. You do. For sure. So um, thank you so much, Eric and Emily, for coming yeah, on the show. It. It's thank been a guys. pleasure. This was so much fun. We'll be back. Yes. You can't, you can't keep us away. <laughs> yes. Hope, hope this is the first of many. Well, that's going to do it for us, folks. We hope that this episode provides lots of insight and perspective on whatever your upcoming travel plans are in the new fu- near future. Uh, Thank you so much to Eric and Emily for coming into our show today. You can follow their adventures over at drindenim.com or stay at their lovely uptown Airbnb in in, uh, Sedona. The links are in the show notes. Address there is 490 Sunset Lane in Sedona, Arizona. Check it out. It is. I didn't mention the address. Airbnb, etc. Thank you so much for listening. Please uh, hit download, like, and subscribe, comment, review, and do all the things that, as we like to say, tells the internet that you like our stuff. Check out our blog, clusterfesttravel.com, where you can find all of our blog, podcast, store, and social media related things. We are 100% reliant on our readers and listeners to get the word out about our work. We don't sell our souls to fit tea or meal subscription plans to fund our online creative endeavors. So please help us stay listener supported by checking out all the good stuff on our blog at clusterfusstravel.com. And even though my pores want to break out in face deforming maskne, whenever they hear me say it, this is the Clustercast, a filterless podcast on family travel. So long, everyone. Bye.